0: Hey everybody! Thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless.
1: There's no place to turn around. His grace. Savior's hand, He sees a lot more than you can, and His grace will guide you through. And He may take you through the wilderness, so bear it and alone, and there may be some heartache on the road you're traveling on, but you must keep on moving. There's no place to turn around. His face will fail. are traveling on, but you, you must, must keep on moving. There's no place to, to turn around, This grace we will make you strong. the righteous hand of God who- Make you strong Keep on moving man.
2: There's no place
1: to turn around His grace will make you strong This could be the final mountain That you will have to climb A celebration will be waiting When you reach the other side So be not weary on the journey For the precious hand of God will and alone, and there may be some heartache on the road you traveling on, but you must keep on moving, there's no place to turn around, His grace will make you strong, oh this could be the final mountain, that you will have to climb, a celebrate. We reach the yellow soul so be not, not weary, weary on the journey For the precious hand of God Will lead you home And he may take you through the wilderness So bury that alone And there may be some heartache On the road you're traveling on But you must keep on moving there's no place to turn around His grace will make you strong Oh, well, this could be the final mountain That you will have to climb. celebration will be waiting When you reach the other side So be not weary on the journey For the precious hand of God will lead you home Jesus oh, said that Must keep, keep on moving. On the There's no place to turn, turn around. The grace, grace will make you strong. And this can be the final mountain that you will have to climb A celebration will be waiting when you reach the other side. So be not weary on the journey for the merchant.
2: good to be back in the house of the Lord this morning. I certainly remember Teresa and Brother Jerome, precious people, that the enemy done his best to destroy, and that's his job to destroy everyone he can, church, but I'm glad there's a God in heaven that's able to restore lives put homes back together, put lives back together, and make all the difference when we leave this world. I talked to a man sometime back, invited him to church, and he told me he needed to, and he planned to. He said, but he just didn't feel like it right now. That's a, that's a sad place to be, church. If you have your Bibles, you'd like to read with us in the book of Acts, I certainly need your prayers. Uh, I've studied on this message. Uh, I don't know how long. I've parked it two or three times, Brother James, and then, see, Mike, uh, it come back to me. And so uh, I trust I can say something today that will help you. I'm going to preach about the life of Paul uh, on Mars Hill. Not only Paul points out the God of all creation, it's a God that you and I need today, amen. Acts chapter 17, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. Now I want to get back to that as I go through this, if the Lord had help me. That they, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. I want tell you this morning, God is not very far away from anybody. You can find him. Amen. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought to not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him, and believed, among the which was Dionysius, the Arogeite, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. I want you to stretch your hand one more time. Ask the Lord to help us. Please, God. Lord, I ain't nothing. I know that. And God, I felt like you dealt with my heart so strongly concerning these scriptures. I don't, I don't know why, Lord, but you know. I don't know who you want to preach to today. But God, would you deal with hearts in a special way this morning. Open the scripture to our minds and our hearts that we can see you more clearly and believe and be saved. Visit us in these altars and we'll honor you and praise you for we ask it in Jesus' name. And the congregation said, Amen. Amen. You know, it seems Paul passed by all these idols and he comes up on this altar here. And there's uh, there's no idol there, but there is an inscription, and it says to the unknown god. Amen. You know, as as we look into our our our, our scriptures here, verse twenty two, Paul said, he stood in the midst of Mars Hill, or the Aropagus court, which uh, was a, a big court, if you. Uh, If you would uh, look at that, that was uh, uh, something to see. All these gods and and all these images and all these temples, and they were a high cliff there, and they had temples. Paul, he wasn't being rude here, what he said. Uh, He was saying, I perceive you are more religious disposed than others are. And the Athenians, they may have uh, took it that he was uh, complimenting them. But uh, I, Paul, uh, he, he wasn't intending on congratulating them, church, on this uh, religious devotion. But he, uh, you'll have to agree, he really got their attention. Amen. Among the things that, that caught his eye as he was observed their, their devotion here, uh, their, their objects of worship was uh, an altar here. in church, it carried a strange inscription on this altar here. It, it was uh, dedicated to a god uh, the Athenians called the Agnostos, which meant unknown. They didn't know. You must understand the Athenians knew about everything there was to know. They prided themselves in doing that. But they didn't know God. And, and, brother, that is the sad fact of so many today. They go to church, they're faithful every Sunday. Amen. But they know not Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, their lie. Now, the disasters that occur, whether private or, pur- uh, or public, was enough to indicate to the Athenians there was a God somewhere. And they did not know him. And uh, they could not invent him. And they didn't have a, a, a scribe that could, uh, 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 you know, inscribe all this. The psalmist said in nineteen one, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. 97 and 6 said, The heaven declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Now this God was agnostos or unknown and Jesus had come to reveal to mankind about God. Paul had come to Antioch to proclaim to them about Jesus Christ. He said here in verse 23 whom therefore you ignorantly worship him declare I unto you. Now Paul was saying I know this unknown God. I've had a personal experience with him. I know all about him. Amen. What was that old song I think Brother Ralph used to sing a lot? Like. Let me tell you about Jesus. What a wonderful Savior. Let me tell you about Jesus, how he saved my soul, and he made me whole, and he took away my burdens, and he took away my sorrow. Let me tell you, brother, that's how Jesus saved Paul here, you know, as, as a Jew, he had known him by means of his inspired word. Paul was a, a studious in the word of God. And and since his earliest boyhood days, Paul knew him as Elohim, as Adonai, my Lord, as Jehovah God. In Genesis, he knew him as Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. In Exodus, he knew him as Jehovah Nisa, uh, God is my banner. In uh, Judges, he knew him as Jehovah uh, 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 Shalma, uh, as uh, God is peace. In, uh, in uh, Ezekiel, he knew him as Jehovah Shalom. And, uh, in Jeremiah, he knew him as Jehovah Tiskanu, which is God is our righteousness. Amen. Paul knew him. In church, Paul had known him as creator and sustainer of the universe, as the rock of ages, as the shepherd of Israel, as the fountain of living water. Paul knew him. And as a Christian, he knew him as the incarnate word, God manifested in the flesh, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I want to tell you, church, there was no man in all the world uh, who was better equipped to make known unto these Athenians as Paul himself was. Now, the Bible said in verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein. Now, that included the sun and the moon and the stars and the vast reaches of space. That included the world and all its wonders. That included the surging sea and the hills and the plains and the fields and the forest and the jungles and the lions and the eagles of heaven. That included all creation, man himself, out of the dust of the earth. And you know, all this was made by an omnipotent, infinite God, a living God, one that never died. Amen. An awesome, self existing God. And, church, in, in, in one open sentence here, Paul erased all the gods of Greece to oblivion. He erased it all, and all their idols and images he piled up in a rubbish pile. And he done it without saying one thing about it. Amen. All he done was explain God. Amen. And you know, he continues on here in verse 24 Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temple made with hand, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath. And all things. Oh, hallelujah. I hope I can help you today. This temple here of Mars, it, steer, uh, it stood nearby uh, uh, Paul as he spoke here. And church, it, you know, it, it's hard to imagine all the gods that surrounded Paul. Unless you could just see that. Uh, uh, and and you, you, you could see it. But uh, uh, the Parthenon of uh, Minerva. Uh, It faced him. It was the temple of the goddess uh, Antena. And I may not get all these words just right, but uh, it was the Roman goddess of wisdom. And uh, you have to kindly imagine Paul standing here and all these gods and goddesses and images. And, 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 you know, uh, on the the rocky ledge on the south of the uh, uh, Acropolis uh, were... Uh, you know the the countless idols, and and the uh, uh, Parthenon alone uh, was a, a wonder of the world itself. And so the greatest of all Greek sculptures, uh, Phidias, I, I believe, is how you would pronounce his name, and others had been employed as uh, uh, you know to adorn and, and and to carve and and to make all these images. And everywhere that Paul looked, he saw works of uh, a genius craftsmanship and uh, I, I looked at some of the pictures brother Philip and uh, some of the uh, you know it was amazing how they could carve uh, uh, 50 uh, colossal figures in that pediment there and and more than 520 feet of just uh, engraving of horses of the sun god and and horses of the of the moon goddess and and Paul he he dismisses all this as worthless, as a sanctuary for true faith here. Now, there may have been, uh, you know, flashes in Paul's mind of uh, what Stephen had to say years before there in Acts 7 and verse 48. Stephen said, The Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hand, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me? saith the Lord, "Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hands made all these things?" He was saying, "God who made all things. Where where can you build a a, a temple a, a, and put some image in there uh, that would implement God? Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. What place can you make uh, that would make a little shrine? You know." Uh, to think that Paul was ready to, you know, uh, 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 enlighten these people here of a God that surpassed all these images and all these, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, figures. But, but now he, he's, he's picked it up and he's hurled all of what God is at, at uh, uh, these Athenians here. And brother, God is independent of sacrifice. And he's independent of of sanctuary and and service. You can't build a place to house God. He is everywhere. And and so it's impossible to corner God in some temple and to compare him to some idol. Amen. And so Paul said in verse 26, And have made of uh, of one blood all nations of men, To dwell in all the face of the earth. Now, the Greeks here, they thought themselves as uh, a master race. Others were just, uh, you know, barbarians. They thought themselves as as superior. But church, all races have a common origin. They all trace back to Adam. Huh? Now, uh, you know, our, 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 our own age here has seen the... Uh, The theory of master races uh, 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 taken to the extreme. If you did any uh, study in history through your life, the Nazis, they tried to uh, exterminate whole races, namely the Jews. They considered them racial uh, inferior and they uh, envisioned a master race, a, a superman, if you please. And the Nazis, they thought they were uh, you know, uh, they would rule the world by virtue of super uh, of bloodline. And they were translating uh, into actual uh, Darwinism, if you, uh, 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 the theory of Darwin, church. And, and uh, you know, uh, it was a natural selection, uh, uh, the survival of the fittest. You had to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, our military has uh, the seal. And uh, they go through all kinds of, of training and testing. And you have to uh, reach a certain degree before you can be a Navy SEAL. And uh, uh, these Nazis, they, they, they thought they were the superior uh, uh, people. But Paul here at Athens, he uh, demolishes the foundation of all such thinking by carrying the whole race back to Adam. Amen. Where we all started, verse twenty-six said, "And had determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation." Now, church, the rise and fall of nations, like the coming and going of tide, is under God's control. Yes. Yes, sir. The tide goes out. God controls all that. The uh, uh, magnetical uh, forces that's in the earth. You know, church, the rise and fall here. You know, many factors set the bounds of nations. Rivers divided, plains divided, mountains divided, language divide people and races, and weather itself and the ocean itself divides uh, uh, continents and countries and nations and people. You know, Genesis 2 makes it very clear the national distinction Far from being a bad thing, and it is ordained of God. You remember Babel? And God changed their language and divided them because they thought in themselves that they could make a tower up to heaven. And the times as well as the territories of nations are in God's hand, and he remains sovereign, church. He rules the world. He rules concerning Nebuchadnezzar's dream there, uh, that he had Daniel in whom he said <coughs> it's the spirit of the Holy God. The Bible tells us there in Daniel 4 and 17, Daniel said, This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the Holy One and the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will." and setteth up over it basis to men. Brother, it's God's control. Huh? You know, we think we control all that. Uh, they thought uh, uh, Donald Trump controlled the weather, and they fussed at it because there was all these tornadoes. Huh? I mean, you know, Paul here, he began by direct uh, 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 their thoughts here, uh, these Athenians, uh, from their own gross idolatry and uh uh, uh, and pointed them to the true and living God, equal, sovereign, all nature, all national. And church, he was indeed an unknown God to them and to many in our world today. They don't know God. They don't have a, a inkling of what God is and what God can do. Right. They think they control it I'm going to tell you, Washington, D.C. does not control the world. God does. And so Romans, the Bible said in 1 and 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to uh, uh, to birds and uh, four-footed beasts and creeping things. And verse 27 said that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from everyone. Now, man has tried to make God into some little image that he can control or some little genie that he can rub on and come out when he wants him to. But that's not God. Huh? But God wants man to seek after him if happily they might Feel after him, he ain't far away. He's a lot closer than people think he is. Yes, you get in trouble. I remember Brother Charles Barnett. And I, I don't remember if Brother Jane brought that out the other day, but or, or maybe it was somebody else. I can't remember. But you know, we we wonder where he's at sometimes. We can't seem to feel him, but he's there. He's ever present. He's all near. Brother Charles said he was really going through a trial one time, and he looked up and said, God, are you up there? Well, sure he is. huh? You know, there's times, and church, God, the God of creation was not far away. He had revealed himself to the the nations. People know there is a God. I know there's agnostics and there's uh, atheists that claim they don't believe in God, but, uh, you know, there is a God. I remember uh, one man that, that said, There is no God. And, and he was fussing at this young preacher because uh, he was witness to him about God. <coughs> it was in Arkansas. And uh, this man, all of a sudden, he was pulling the tarp. He, he was a driver and he was going to unload his load at a loading dock, and this preacher's there to help him. And this tornado just come out of nowhere. And took that tarp and wrapped it around that man. And as it lifted him out, that preacher said, I heard him screaming, Oh God, will you please help me? Huh? You know, it's just according to how much trouble you get in whether you believe in God or not. And so, this eternal power and Godhead church are revealed in His creation and in his providential dealings. And man may not be able to know God by his name. But I want to tell you, they can know him in his nature because that knowledge is open to anybody. If you're just looking to the word, he said, the heavens declare his glory. Now, Paul just, you know, admitted here that apart from God, apart from the Bible Man has to feel after God. He's out there. you just got to reach out there and feel after him. The same word is translated handle in Luke 24, and also is translated in touch in Hebrews chapter 12. In church, he is telling us he is never that far away, and and he can be found if you want him to be found in your life. You you want to be saved, you can feel after God. You can find him. I never... I've never seen an individual that really didn't seek after God, but what they didn't find where he's at. You know, the Greeks, they could have found him had they been willing to feel after God here instead of making all these idols and all these images. And they had already felt their lack, uh, you know, and their need of a God. They, They made this altar here to the unknown God. Verse 28 said, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now, Paul pointed out here that their own writers had groped after the true and the living God. And uh, somewhere along life's journey, every individual is going to come in contact with God. One way or another, and if they were if they were uh, uh, to be edited uh, from the uh, the pagan system here where they are, are found, it would be found to be true. And really, church, that's not surprising. For all men are God's offspring. You can't you can't hide from God. David said, "Though I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Though I take the wings, I fly to the uttermost part." Now, there's no place that you can go in God's vast universe to get away from God. However, we are, we are not to direct offering church of God. Only Christ could claim. In, 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 in uh, 1 John 1 and 3, you can find that. Uh, but I, I don't have time. But we are not born into the world fresh from the hand of God. David said in Psalm 51 and 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. But we're the offspring of God, church. And yet, God loves all men and is never far away from anybody that wants to find him. You can find him. He can be found by those who will seek him in sincerity and truth. You've got to desire him. Now, verse 29 said, For as much then as we are the offspring of God... We ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man. To I don't care how pretty those images are there in Athens, Greece. I don't care how uh, those statues, how pretty they made them, and some of them was was such uh, uh, overlaid with gold and such splendor uh, decorated, brother. It was breathtaking to look at. You can't carve God. You can't make an image big enough to to, uh, enhance God. You know, the Greeks here, uh, for all their wisdom, they had lost sight of the true nature of God. It's not in some image. It is not in some big uh, vast house. In Hollywood, they've got these multi-million dollar mansions. That ain't God, huh? You'd think it was the way they act. God is a lot bigger than that. Verse 30 said, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, or he overlooked it, church, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. The only way you're going to find God now is repent. huh? Although uh, their insulting images were very uh, uh, the essence of sin, church, God looked over it for a while in, in, in gracious forbearance. Uh, The unknown God here, so holy, so awesome in his majesty, uh, appear in his being, church, uh, had uh, deliberately overlooked their special wickedness here because of their ignorance. they in search of God. People do crazy, stupid things, Brother Philip, in search of God. Try all kinds of things. The young man that prayed here the other night, Brother James, he had sought God in, in drugs and all kinds. I'm telling you, all of it, that's not God. You'll not find him there. You'll find him in an altar of prayer. And so, in uh, we look at this, uh, you know, uh, he finally, no longer uh, uh, for the time for such forbearance was passed. After a while, God was demanding, the only way you're going to find me is through repentance. There was no longer any excuse for idolatry. The time had come when men must respond to the truth of the gospel. The light of the gospel had shined. You know, they they went through a period of dark ages, Brother Aaron, but finally the light shined. And not only shined to the Jews, but it shined out to the whole world. That you can find God here. And it was now or never from now on to refuse to repent. Marked you as a rebel. If you won't repent, brother, there is judgment after a while. Verse 31 said, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world. These Greeks here had no concept of the coming of judgment. And a lot of people in the world, they ignore. You talk to them about salvation. They shrugged it off like it's somewhere way out there. And they want to sow all, all their wild oats. what Paul said, man are accountable to their creator for the actions that they perform. And church, uh, the day of judgment is coming nigher and nigher unto you and I. And 2 Peter 3 bears it out. Paul here, he, he didn't go into all of that with the Athenians here. But he made it clear that. That certain judgment lies ahead. And there's a day appointed. You're going to measure arms with God. Verse 31 said. Because he hath appointed a day. Into which he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men. In that he hath raised him from the dead. Now God is righteous church. And he always does what's right. And man is unrighteous. And so Romans 3 and 10 says, As it was written, There is none righteous, no, not one. And Romans 1 and 18 said, Hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. Now men hold this truth in unrighteousness. But brother... God has showed it unto them. And if they don't accept it, they'll perish with their own. Verse 20 said, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Well, I didn't know. Well, I didn't make it to that. I'm going to tell you, people... That deliberately lay out of the house of God. Huh? You, you, you caught that, didn't you? And make excuse why they're not reliable or they're not liable for what the preacher preached. God's going to hold them in account for that. Huh? I had a lady. Uh, uh, she backslid on God and I talked to her. She said, oh, I, I'm afraid to come because I'm afraid he'll get down to where I'm at. Well, that's what the word of God, if we're not right with God, it's supposed to point you out, huh? Let you know, hey, you can't do that and go to God's good heaven. And so she said, so I don't show up and that way I'm not, I said, you're still responsible. You're still going to have to get an account to it. Whether you heard it or not, because it was there for you and you had opportunity. Brother, the day is coming when God will expose men Their thoughts, their words, their deeds, and people will stand exposed not only for what they do, but for what they are. You're going to give an account. And church, it will be a terrible day when unrighteous people stand before an all-righteous God. And they're going to have to get it. Paul here had proof of such a judgment. And he knew him that he was the one. And God had raised from the dead. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he's the only way to the Father. And Paul touched the heart of the souls of, of the Christian message here. And the, uh, the the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he touched on Him. Jesus lives. And he conquered death and grave. And uh, he had the keys of death and hell and the grave. And nobody has power over him. The Christian message is... That, uh, you know, death has been completely conquered by Christ himself. There is a resurrection and a lie for the believer. But the second resurrection, church, is what you need to pay attention. It is a dreadful resurrection of damnation to them that are lost, to the unrighteous, to the unbeliever. All judgment has been committed by God to his son, who is the mediator. He is the go-between. There's no other way around you remember Pilgrim Progress when that young man climbed over the wall and he started going along with Christian? He said, you got to come in back after the gate. He said, what's the difference? You're in the way and I'm in the way. I'm going the same direction. There's a lot of people that may be traveling along beside us that didn't come in the right way. huh? They ain't but one way to the city of God. There was no more excuse here for their idolatry, for their religious delusion here. Verse 32 said, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. Now, Bible said here, So Paul departed from among them. Now, Paul, he's preaching at Athens here. In church, it had little effect here. There was little result. What happened at Anthony is confirmed. Uh, by all of history, if you'll study, the gospel doesn't make a, 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 a great impact among those who are wise in their own flesh, in their own conceit. Huh? You've talked to people, they know more about it than you do. We don't have to live that preacher, huh? Athens was the home of criticism, where everything was brought before the bar of human intellect. And it was weighed and found wanting, and they pitched it out, huh? These Antians, they, uh, they they looked upon everything as material for argument, and they loved to argue it all out. But they met their match when they met Paul. And Paul pointed out Jesus Christ, the only way to the Father. Verse 34 said, How be it? Certain men clave unto him, and believed. Among them was Dionysus, the... A rope guide and the women, a, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Now, Paul, he preaches here. Somebody come to the piano. I, I, I'm going to close here. I'm, I don't want to bore you here. But Paul is preaching, and, and it was not all in vain, church. There was one convert here that was a, a distinguished member of the Athenian court itself. And you know, sometimes you may feel like. In your witness to others that you're not getting through to them. But you may be doing more good than what you think. huh? All we can do is present Jesus Christ and him crucified. The only way to the Father. People have to accept it or reject it. Paul wrote in in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. And I'm going to close with this. Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We labor, we live out our lives as children of God. If we're saved, we take every opportunity. Sometimes we're back and we, we think, well, I just will to give up on that individual. But don't give up on nobody, church somewhere along the way, it may resonate in their mind and they realize the only hope I've got is through Jesus Christ. Amen. You're the only witness a lot of people ever see of God. All right. Let it shine as bright as you can. And you may be persecuted. So was Paul. So was Christ. So was those in the Old Testament. They were persecuted and tried. And many, the Bible said there in Hebrews 11, many of them were put to death choosing rather that road than to have great riches and great honor because great riches and great honor is not going to get you out of here. Jesus Christ in your heart is the only way you're going to make it through this life to the glory of Stand with me this morning. I hope I didn't weary you. We've got one God and one Lord. One mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. He's the only way to the Father. He's yes, the only he way is. out of here. Thank
1: God. Thank you. You Lord. can have
2: all the vast riches that this world can produce. But it ain't going to help you one iota when you face God at the end of life's journey. I wonder tonight, if today with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you. But I wonder if there's one here this morning you don't know Christ. But you'd like to. Is there one you lift your hand up? And say, Preacher, I'm lost. I need prayer. God bless. All right. These altars are open this morning. Would you come and pray with us? If you're here away from God, would you come with them? Come, church. Let's seek the Lord this Take your time around the altar. Because Let the Lord be my Lord, Savior, Lord,
1: Savior Lord. died. the oh, cross Lord. was crucified. Come and pray.
0: Worship the Lord. How about that? There's a good spirit in here, isn't there? We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Savior, our Redeemer, our King, our Lord, our Deliverer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Lukey went to Sunday school this morning, and he colored a picture of some praying hands. You know what color he colored them? Black. He came back and uh, uh, the verse that Brother Roger quoted or read there, Paul was talking at Mars Hill when he says, we are all of one blood. There's no black, there's no white, there's no brown, there's no red. We're all children of God. We serve a God that is a God of the king but also the pauper. The God of the black and the white and the red and the yellow. I am glad I serve a God who is a God of the Jew, a God of the Gentile, a God of the Greek, a God of the Athenians. I serve a God who knows me. He's the God of the king and the slave. He's the God of the black and the white. I serve a living God who knows me. And he loves me and he cares for me. He died for every race. We're all of one race. We're all of one blood. The blood of Jesus Christ will stop this crazy stuff. This racism. If we were true believers in Jesus Christ, this stuff would stop. Because there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. And he came to die for us all. So that whosoever believeth in him. That whosoever is everybody. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad I know the God of the Apostle Paul. I'm glad I know the God of Brother Roger. I'm glad I know my God. He is my God and he is my king. It doesn't matter what color of skin it is. If we teach our children right, they could color them brown or black or white or red or yellow. It does not matter. We're all of one blood, Brother Roger. The Apostle Paul said it right when he was telling the, the Athenians: doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, Greek, doesn't matter who you are. This is the God. This is the one God. And uh, it was just a confirmation to me and Aranda that we're teaching our children right. We're teaching them right. He didn't color those hands of Jesus white. He colored them black. And the next time he might color them brown or red. But he colored them that color. Because that's what he chose. I'm glad I chose Jesus. Aren't you? I'm glad I chose him as my Savior. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Come back this evening praying and believing at 6 o'clock. Let's see what God will do for us tonight. Seemed like from the very beginning we felt the Spirit of God. And it happened last week. And so maybe God will meet us again here tonight. I believe God will meet us again here tonight because I plan on being here, don't you? By the will of God, I plan on being here with my hands raised, seeing what God will do for us tonight. I believe he'll meet us here if we'll meet him back here. Let's pray and be dismissed in the name of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful preaching of your word. We thank you that you are our God. You are the God of, of your people. The God who helps us. The God who delivers us. The God who heals us. The God who helps us. We appreciate you, Lord, this morning. We love you. Thank you for your presence that we felt. Go with us today. Bring us back tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. See you at 6 o'clock.